So, uh, this morning we're starting a new uh, mini-series. Uh, we're do- we're, um, the preaching that we do here uh, is synchronised with Trinity, uh, and the uh, guy at Trinity who uh, leads uh, the preaching stuff uh, is a guy called Andy. He's been here before. Uh, he loves Christmas. So we are starting Christmas uh, in November with this uh, little mini-series. <laughs> Is it? Okay, well, more Anglican than me. (laughs) And uh, John, we appreciate your hats. I've seen two Christmas hats already. Merry Christmas to you. Um, So we are, um, this week I'm going to be speaking on John chapter 1, and next week uh, Darren is going to be sharing with us uh, about uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. Um, And the theme over the two weeks uh, is preparation. Uh, Preparing our hearts for just remembering what Jesus coming at Christmas really meant. And... um, I'm going to be doing that in a kind of very big picture kind of way today. John 1 is a very big picture kind of passage. Um, and uh, then Darren will be doing something a lot more kind of to do with looking at the characters involved and just what was going on for them and how God was preparing uh, his people for him coming. So, John chapter 1, uh, the, I'm going to read uh, from the ESV. The words will come up on the screen. If you want to follow in your Bibles or on your phone, uh, please feel free uh, to do that. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he (coughs) of whom I said, He he who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. I just want to pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. For these incredible truths that we have, that are written down for us, that we can access so easily. Just 
by turning to a page in our Bibles, by opening it up on our phones, we can see these words that are just so full and dense of your Holy Spirit and of truth and of life and of light. And I pray this morning that we would understand these things more fully and just go from here worshipping you for who you are. Amen. So, I'm thinking about this passage um, from the point of view of Christmas. So, I've been thinking about Christmas and... um, Lizzie, what you, the word that you brought was basically exactly what God spoke to me about uh, this week, um, that Christmas is about connection. And you've all heard what Lizzie said now, so you've, you've, you've j- jumped the gun, you've stolen my point. But <laughs> um, Christmas being about connection is, I think, something that we can all relate to, whether you have faith or you don't have faith. Actually, we connect with colleagues at Christmas time. We have uh, workplace place parties. Um, we might go to the pub or out for a nice meal together. Um, we connect with close friends. We give and receive gifts is a way of saying, I love you, I appreciate you. And uh, for, uh, for many people who can do this, um, you connect with your family and... Uh, on Christmas Day, you sit down and you eat uh, eat together. Um, you might sing songs of variable quality, uh, with variable ability. And uh, you might watch some cheesy films together. And in my family, what happens after uh, the Christmas lunch is uh, we all feel a bit full and we should go, go out for a walk. Um, so we go out for a walk. Uh, and then decide that actually it's really cold, it's really rainy. So then you go back in and play a board game. I think maybe the board game can be the biggest test of connection (laughs) in our family. John 1 is about, Lizzie stole my punchline, connection. (laughs) With Jesus' connection with his people. And this whole thing runs like a trailer. It's like a film trailer for the rest of the book. It makes, he's kind of, dropping in highlights into this densely packed section about what he's going to be talking about later on. What happens when God directly connects with the world? And I was thinking about what are the key themes that he's drawing out here, particularly with regard to Christmas, because with regard to God becoming a man. And I think um, the two key themes, the two key images are light and new life. And this was confirmed to me last Sunday afternoon. Um, I have permission from my daughter to show you this picture. Uh, Florence, this is your moment. (laughs) Here we go. This is the Galleria. This is where we were last uh, Sunday afternoon. And uh, Florence got quite excited because uh, these Christmas trees have all been done by different schools. Uh, Florence went to nursery at Howdell. Edith still goes there. 
Um, so we found this one. Um, these are kind of light-up Christmas trees, but the, the local schools have done a little bit like the Christmas tree out there. You can have a look as you go out. Um, the baubles have been done by the school with different things written on them. And uh, so Florence was very excited to find the Howdell one. And uh, I was kind of just looking around at the other ones. And there was some kid, I can't remember which school it was, that had written on their bauble, Happy Birthday, Jesus. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, here we have these Christmas lights. We love lights at Christmas. It's a dark time of year. Lights cheer us up. But the two themes that John wants us to get hold of are light, but also new life. And that was hanging on that tree. Happy birthday, Jesus. New life. So we have a picture here that sums up, for me, these two key themes. So John starts off at the beginning using this image of light and reflecting back to the beginning of Genesis. God said, let there be light. And here he says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And he's talking about all things being made through him. And then he very on, uh, straight after that, he goes on to say in verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. He's pointing us back. He's showing us Jesus creating the universe and saying, let there be light. And here is the light that's coming into the world. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we have seen his glory. Not wanting to steal anything from next week, Darren, but we do have a bit in here about John the Baptist uh, and he This is all through the lens of thinking about it in terms of light as well. He came as a witness, verse 7, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. So we're we're thinking about preparation here. And here we have John the Baptist preparing people for meeting Jesus. So he's a witness. He tells people about the light. I, will ex- I want to explain this thing to you that's about to happen ahead of you actually experiencing it. <coughs> light and darkness are really helpful symbols of what's going on when Jesus does stuff. So when he makes the world, it's really very literal. <laughs> he says, let there be light. When he's born... God can't help but to display his delight in his son through angels filling the sky with light. Star brighter than anyone had ever seen before. And John, as he writes this, he wants us to continue to notice that darkness and light thing going on through his account as he writes it, for every single person that Jesus goes on uh, to meet. Darkness is illuminated by light. Jesus, everyone Jesus meets, has to reckon with that, has to deal with that in some way. Nobody in the Gospel accounts is ever unaffected by Jesus. There's never a meh kind of response. 
it's always, well, some people actually, they, they, pretty, they pretty don't like that light. They feel shown up by it, whereas other people are drawn to Jesus. So how are we to understand this light? What is this light like? I think if we want to understand this light-darkness thing, and it does feel a little bit strange doing this in a Christmas prep preach. We're kind of preparing ourselves for Christmas. Christmas is so much about we like to feel happy at Christmas, but actually we, there is, if we want to understand the nature of light and darkness and what this is talking about, we do need to touch on shame. Shame is a really powerful motivator of not wanting to be shown up, not wanting to be exposed. And as I was thinking about what is this light like, I think it can be important to ask the question, is there an element of shame in this light that Jesus brings into the world that's almost like too bright, showing things up that we don't want to be on display for everyone else to see? Psalm 25 says, nobody who waits for you will be put to shame. And we don't have to look very far, even in the Christmas story, to see how this light of the good news about Jesus interacts with the characters that are in that Christmas story. So if you look at Mary, she has incredible shame of an apparent illegitimate pregnancy. But when this light comes to her, this angel is stood before her and she's just overwhelmed. Her response is not one of shame, but is one of worship. And we have one of the most incredible songs that's ever been written down. We call it the Magnificat. You can read that incredible worship that she pours out to God as a result of what the angel tells her. We have the shepherds. They have the shame of the bottom rung job in society. This is a job nobody really wants to do. And they, their hillside is illuminated by all of these angels and they respond with worship. And they come and they see Jesus. They don't count themselves out. Their response is not one of shame. I should not be seen by this king who's been born. I should be not be seen. They get themselves there. Because the light that God brings, draws people to himself. It never holds people back. But we know that not everybody that Jesus met did respond like this. And this is why John alludes to this in his kind of trailer for the gospel. Some uh, group of people you meet throughout all of the gospels, but particularly, I think, in John, uh, the religious leaders called the Pharisees, And John says here, his own did not receive him. 
in Luke chapter 13, Jesus says to these religious leaders, these Pharisees, he, he calls them out on their hypocrisy. And he says they like to present a good outside while keeping things hidden that would otherwise shame them on the inside. All the while, while they are exposing other people to shame. And Jesus, after he calls them hypocrites, he says, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. Whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. As John goes through his gospel account, he introduces us to person after person who has this kind of light and darkness encounter with Jesus. And the presence of Jesus shows things up for what they really are. And loads of people get free. Loads of people get free because the light, that light that comes from Jesus shows up the darkness of what it really is, and the darkness doesn't have power anymore when Jesus is there. So they're free from shame, they're free from fear, they're free to be who they really are. But there's a big warning sign. There's a big warning sign that's kind of hinted at, alluded to here, and his own did not receive him. And when you see the people that did not receive him, they are the ones who held on to the darkness. Jesus doesn't force it. He never forces things, people to follow him. He never forces anybody uh, to, you know, to be exposed. He never puts shame on anybody. These Pharisees, even they, they were putting other people to shame. They were putting specifics of private, private parts of uh, their lives. There's a woman who's caught in adultery, and they are shaming her, and they're bringing her before Jesus. And even in that, Jesus doesn't bring shame on them. But there's a big warning here. To them and to other people, don't be like this. Don't carry on like this because it doesn't end well if you reject the light and choose to keep things in the dark. And I'm not saying this because I want to lecture you. I have been there. I've needed to know this warning for myself. And I think actually we all do things that we wish that we hadn't. We all say things that we wish that we hadn't. We all neglect to do things that we know were right, but we didn't do them. And Jesus doesn't come to us with a big stick to make us feel rubbish about those things, but he does give us a fair warning. That if we pretend we can hide those things from him and they don't really matter, we're just kidding ourselves. There will be a day when everything will be laid bare. 
everything will be out in the open. Everything will be clear. But the new life that John is talking about being born into, if we accept Jesus, is about receiving that freedom of not having anything that we're pretending to hide from God and a completely new start, living in light and not darkness. That is the incredible, incredible truth of the gospel, that we can be free because we're forgiven because of what Jesus did for us. He loves you. He accepts you. He made you. You are his dear, dear child, and he wants you to come before him holding nothing back. Because otherwise, what's the point? It's gonna be, it's gonna come out into the open anyway, at the end of time, because actually there is justice. There is fairness. There will be a day when everything is put right. And we want to be in him on that day. In his love, being who he made us to be, rejoicing in him. So Christmas is about connection. It's about two triangles. (laughs) When John tells us about the big picture of the first Christmas, he focuses on new birth. And he links it to light and to darkness. And he makes it clear that we've got a choice to receive Jesus or not to receive him. And we read on and we find examples through the gospel of both. I want to challenge you over this next month, over this period of Advent, thank you, (laughs) to read uh, the Gospel of John and to read yourself into it. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to see those things. We're meant to see Jesus, most of all, first and foremost. But you can also see the people that really connect with Jesus What is it about them that is so attractive? And actually, we can recognise ourselves, parts of ourselves, in the people that don't connect with him as well. But the point is that in doing that, we can bring those things to him, we can put things in the light that are otherwise in the darkness, and we can live free and in his goodness. So I just want to finish by praying. Um, if the band could come up, uh, I think we'll, we might have a... Yeah, I'm getting a nod from Lizzie. Um, we'll have a song to finish. Uh, but I want to pray for us all. And Yeah, I feel like, actually, there are one or two people here um, who you might be longing for something to come out into the open that's painful and feels like it's of the darkness. Um, And just before I pray for everybody, I want to pray for you. If that's you, you don't have to put your hand up, you don't have to, like, please talk to somebody about it. Um, But, yeah, you know if that's you. And I just want to, I want to pray um, that God brings his light and his freedom into that situation. 
Lord, thank you that you are powerful over all darkness. There is no situation that is beyond your control. And I pray for whoever in this room is facing a situation of darkness that feels kind of like they just don't know what to do. I pray for people of wisdom to draw alongside that person. I pray that they would know your light. It might be a situation that's been going on for a very, very long time. But Jesus wants to bring freedom and he wants to reassure you this morning that he has heard your prayers and he knows and he has a way forward and a way out for you and he's saying walk with me I will show you the way and I'll bring you into new life and the things in you that have have almost felt like they've died as a result of this situation I will bring new life from that death Secondly, I just want to pray for everyone here over this Christmas time, over this next month. I just pray that we would know the joy of your light. Thank you that you you hold us in your hands so gently. And that your desire for us is for our good. And you just want to bless us. And I pray that we would let go of anything that is like the Pharisees, holding us back from standing fully in your light and your freedom. Amen.